Rima Radio. Hi, I'm Juita Suito. I'm from DUMC. And uh, the verse I'll be sharing today is from John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You are listening to Rema Radio's Midweek Service, featuring sermons shared all across Malaysia. This week's word is from Set N, shared in Agape Community Church, Seremban, on the 16th of August, 2020, entitled, Living Wise. This is the Midweek Service. Rema Radio God is actively working and shaping human history to bring it to completion. God's idea of life basically is a divine life. Stand fast in the freedom which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Now, two Sundays ago, Pastor Ben shared in his sermon about masquerades and he said that there are some who live as sheep in wolf's clothing which is to say that one is having an outward demeanour that does not match our identity as a child of God. He also said that we are supposed to actually be sheep amongst wolves and therefore stand out and be different. So we are not to live unwise, but instead live as the sheep amongst the wolves. We are called to shine His light. And today I want to extend from that call to live wise and talk about living wise. You know, wisdom is not very common these days. It is neither a very popular thing to have or to seek after and it's actually not that easy to have. Many people these days have the appearance or even impression of being wise or they may tend to sound wisdomous. I know that's not an actual English word, but it's more of the idea that one may sound clever sounding with clever sounding speeches or deep sounding knowledges. And many others out there that might think they are wise in their own mind, that there are many, maybe even ourselves, that begin to think that actually we are quite wise and are and there are not any sort of platform to express our own opinions. With social media these days, there's really a lot of places that we can do that. Everyone wants to say whatever they want and believe them to be true in their own minds. And these days, there will always be someone out there that will validate that thought, reinforce it even, and reinforce a perhaps false belief. You know, in the course of history, we also find this to be true. There has been many times where people were referred to as people who did what was right in their own eyes. And it never usually ends well. Now, Moses warns people in Deuteronomy itself, where everyone was worshipping God in their own way, however they feel is best or is the right way to do. And Moses warns the people not to, not to do what was right in their own eyes. This is in Deuteronomy. In the book of Judges, it records a time 
before there was a king, before a king was instituted, that everyone did whatever that they pleased and whatever they felt best. And a lot of it ended in brutal harm and wrong that was done amongst the people of God in that era. Isaiah as well in his list of woes included this one woes about those who were wicked, those who were unwise or those who were wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. This is recorded in Isaiah 5 verse 21. And the book of Proverbs, which is essentially a book about wisdom, reminds all who desires after wisdom to not be wise in their own eyes. So I guess it has never been a common quality all this while after all. And it's not even considered a valuable commodity in the eyes of people, human beings. So I guess it shouldn't be surprising for us today to realize that wisdom is not sought after. But the fact that God dedicated several books in the Bible, which we call the wisdom literature, it shows us that it is actually a very valuable commodity in the sight of God. The book of Proverbs, which is one of the wisdom literature, it in fact states very clearly its purpose. Right at the beginning of the book, before anything else, the book of Proverbs actually writes down the purpose of the book. And I'll read it to you, Proverbs 1, verses 2 onwards. It says that this book is for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, proper behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Now, let me ask you, is there any other book in the Bible that spends so much time just to explain its purpose, just to ensure we get it right and know what it is all about? We usually say that when God repeats certain words or phrases in the scripture in a particular context or passage, we better pay attention because God is trying to say something important. And when God dedicates whole books on a topic, we'll seriously be a fool to not wake up and realize this is extra important. The scripture has also emphasized over and over again in multiple books and places that wisdom is better than gold, pearls, silver, jewels, or anything else that we can possibly have in life. That wisdom is more precious than all these things. And we need to gain true wisdom for living. Now, before we move on, I just want to correct some misconceptions regarding wisdom first. What wisdom is not? Wisdom is not about being smart, as they say, because we live in a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there, so you've got to be smart about things, got to be smart about how we live our life. It's not about that. And Cantonese has this word, kan, which translates to being cunning or being very slightly manipulative just to be better than those who are already cunning in the world or those who are evil in the world. That's not what wisdom means either. Now, wisdom is not automatically obtained 
when one has reached a certain age or have a certain position or status or power in life. It does not come automatically. There are those in power or position or in age that does not have wisdom and those who do not who have. So it's not um, related. It's also not about having a lot of knowledge and information and degrees piled up because knowledge in itself can puff up and knowledge in itself can cause us to be arrogant and unkind to other fellow human beings simply because we have certain knowledge more than someone else. Now, it does not make us better. Having more knowledge does not make us better than those who do not have knowledge or certain information. This is a misconception. We need to learn to guard our hearts even as we build up our own knowledge database. Because knowledge in itself is not evil. Knowledge in itself is good. We should continue to learn, study, and build up that database. But we need to guard our hearts in that. Now, wisdom is also not a secret knowledge, a new hidden truth, a profound, deep-sounding phrase, like all the many Insta quotes and all the phrases out there which says wisdom quotes, uh, because there is nothing new under the sun, really. And many seemingly new-sounding profound truths are really rephrasing of age-old truths. Even what I'm sharing today is also not new truths, and it's not going to be that, but a reframing of what God has already revealed. So, we need to learn not to be deceived or swept away by sweet-sounding words, promises, or personalities. As Pastor Ben said during his sermon two weeks ago, the bling-blings in life that catches more attention than the real deal, right? Wisdom also does not react quickly or easily get offended or defensive, that it causes us to want to quickly comment on the social media, judge someone, criticize, fight, act, or do something rash. Wisdom does not do that. Wisdom knows to hold back and control. Wisdom also does not isolate or separate people. One who has wisdom will not choose to isolate and pull away from community. Wisdom does not ignore advice or shun the idea of accountability. It is foolish to say that we don't need anyone and it's foolish to want to do what is right in our own eyes or according to our own feelings. Now, what then is wisdom? What is this wisdom that we are called to live and why should we seek after it? I'm going to share three things regarding wisdom and I hope you track along with me. The first thing is about the nature of this wisdom. The nature of this wisdom. James 3.17 tells us this, and I will read, But the wisdom from above is pure. Pure, as in it's not corrupted. It is pure. Then peaceable, which is beautiful to say the least. Pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, not biased, and sincere. You know, this list that characterizes the nature of wisdom that comes from above or comes from God is a bit strange by any standards. I don't know if you notice, 
But if you look at this list again, you will find that it does not only refer to characteristics that are usually associated to the mental faculty or in the traditional sense. For example, when you said wisdom is open to reason, we get it. Uh, uh, wisdom is impartial or sincere, we get it. But it also includes characteristics like gentle or full of mercy and peaceable. All these descriptions are more descriptions of the heart and the spirit posture of a person, or rather, of the nature of God Himself. This shows us that true wisdom is more than a head function, more than the rational mind or the logic mind itself, more than the database we have up there. It needs to be understood and practiced holistically. Mind, heart, spirit. In other words, in all that we are, in our being and our doing, wisdom flows right through us. One cannot separate wisdom as a stand-alone entity or an add-on element that we want in our life as though we can add on wisdom as a separate entity. Wisdom needs to be understood that it envelops us as a whole. It involves how we choose to act, what we say, how we treat others, how we see things around us and process the situations, how we choose to grow from situations, the choices that we end up making and the lives we end up living. Wisdom involves the entire of our being, heart, mind, and soul. That is the nature of wisdom. The second thing is about the benefits of wisdom. Now, this should really go without saying what wisdom is for and why we should have wisdom. But I'm just going to list it anyway. And in Proverbs 3, we're going to see an entire list. I'm going to read and go through with us some of the benefits that having wisdom can bring us. So let's look at Proverbs 3 right now. It says from verse 13 onwards, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver. She, in this context, refers to wisdom. Okay, wisdom is the she in this context. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She, which is wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her or with wisdom. And here comes the benefits. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honour. In other words, wisdom can give us a longer life and bring us honour and riches in life. Wow, I mean, that's amazing. Her ways, wisdom's ways, are pleasant. Her ways are pleasant. They are not the worser ways. They are not the more difficult ways. They are not the, the, the uh, more excruciating ways. They are pleasant. And all her paths are peace. All her paths lead to peace and includes peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. A tree of life. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Having wisdom brings us blessings. Then you will go on your way in safety, in safety, and your foot will not stumble. As we go along the path in wisdom, 
we know there is protection, there is safety. Our foot is sure because we are standing on solid ground. We will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. We don't have to carry anxiety to the bed with us. We will not be afraid. When you lie down, it says again, your sleep will be sweet. Your sleep will be sweet. Not full of nightmares and terrors. Have no fear of sudden disaster, it says, or of the ruins that overtakes the wicked. When we have wisdom, we can be sure, we can be assured of what is ahead. We can have full confidence that the Lord will be at our side and will keep our foot from being snared. This is a beautiful passage that reminds us that wisdom in life is not only needed, but it brings so much abundance in our living. It brings so much calm and goodness, things that we want, not striving, not fighting, not fear, not anxiety. Other verses also shares, and I quickly show you Ecclesiastes 10, 10 says that wisdom gives us success in life. Proverbs 24, 14 shows us that wisdom gives us a future and a hope. It can bring us that. 29, 11 reminds us that at the end, wisdom can bring calm. So having wisdom, or when we choose wisdom, it actually promotes a better life. It promotes better living. For those of us who might possibly have strived and had so many difficulties, so many turmoils, remember that when we choose wisdom, choose the path of wisdom, this wisdom that comes from above, it promotes and gives better life. So, let me recap. The first point was to talk about the nature of wisdom. The nature of wisdom which essentially envelops us as a whole, not just a small part but the entire thing. We have established that wisdom, the wisdom of God, is calling us to live or have. It does not come from ourselves. It is not a collection of knowledge either and it's not limited to the thinking faculty but it is very beneficial towards living that abundant life. Yes, we can obtain it through advices from those wiser than us. And yes, we can gain it through reading scripture itself. And let me give you several examples, just from Proverbs 3 itself. Go home, or you are home now, and read the rest of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the rest of the wisdom literature and mark out areas, advices, reminders that are important, that will help us live. I'll give you a couple of examples. In Proverbs 3 itself, lower on, it says this, Do not withhold good from those whom it's due when it is in your power to act. Verse 27. Verse 29. Do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. These are wise words to live by. Now, verse 31, do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways, and so on and so forth. There are so many wise words that we can pick off, pick from the scriptures and from the wisdom literatures or proverbs 
and it will do us good to learn and heed those advice. But what is this wisdom essentially? These are the advices and, and all that. But what is it essentially? And for that, we need to go back to the source. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, here Paul is writing to a community of faith that has and was at that time divided. Divided over who they were going to follow, divided who they should follow, each arguing their own point of view and how right they are, swayed by their own wisdom, or rather, who they thought had the greater wisdom for life. And Paul had to, at this point, when he was writing this letter, bring them back, bring their attention back to Christ and the work on the cross. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 to 25, and then we will begin to conclude. From verse 18 onwards, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Paul is talking about the cross and the way of the cross. The way of the cross seems foolish or seems silly for those who are already going through difficulty and perishing or going through um, uh, uh, other failures in life. But to us who are being saved, the cross or the message of the cross is the power of God. Is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of of the intelligence, I will frustrate. Now, this is not a sadistic saying where it says that God is going to go and find wise people and destroy them. That's not what it's saying. But the fact that the ways of God seem to frustrate and seems to make um, human wisdom too simple or rather seems silly. In other words, when, when Christ came and when He chose the cross, it simply drops down your, what is that called? The Uno stack. Your Jenga. Everything that you've built, everything that we found wise, everything that we found intelligent comes crumbling down at the feet of the cross. Verse 20, where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know Him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. I'll come back to that in a while. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God stronger than human strength. You see, we need to understand that what, what is being shown is that wisdom in this sense is not on a scale. Wisdom in this sense is not what we perceive to be, uh, uh, to be one to a hundred it is not our wisdom and then God's wisdom, or rather foolishness, our wisdom and God's wisdom. It doesn't work like that. The wisdom of God, when it is displayed in the way that He chose to save us or in the way that He chose to exhibit His love, seems like foolishness to humankind, seems like stupidity to 
mankind. The greatest wisdom of the world, the greatest wisdom of God seems foolish. But the greatest wisdom of humankind, the best of the best of humankind, is lower than the foolishness of God. It cannot be even compared or put on the same scale as the wisdom of God. And what is this wisdom of God? Here Paul proclaims, proclaims that Christ is the embodiment of the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. Christ is this wisdom of God from above because it is only through Christ and Christ alone that things exist, that life flows and comes together and have its being. It is only through Christ that there is life and abundant life. Yes, the abundant life that God has given, that God came to give. It is only through Christ that anything can possibly exist. And I want to present to you this thought as we conclude. If Christ truly is the wisdom of God, then on this rock, we should build our houses. On this rock, Christ the rock, we should put our anchors so that no storm in life can overtake us or destroy us. Choosing to give our lives to Christ then, choosing to trust in His ways, the ways of God which seems foolish to people or other people, and to live in the principles of Christ's kingdom which may seem upside down in our world. Choosing to do this then is the wisest thing we can do. Truly then, as it is said in the scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of true wisdom. And if Christ truly is the wisdom of God and that Christ preached in order to transform lives from within, the inner man, then it is, just as it always has been, about the moulding of the character, the spirit man, and about bearing fruits as a follower of Christ. Therefore, allowing Christ to renew our minds daily, to transform our hearts consistently, and to build our spirit man is the wise thing to do. Truly then, discipleship is the path to gain wisdom. Now, I just want to leave that thought with you as we ponder on the words and about our path to gain wisdom. Not knowledge, not to gain more certificates or information, logical thinking, but to recognize that wisdom from above is different. Choosing obedience, choosing to trust Him, choosing His ways even if it doesn't seem right in our own mind or eyes. Choosing not to trust our own sights or our own wisdom. How do we live wise? We live wise by following Christ and recognizing that there is no other but Christ. We trust you were blessed by that message from Set N. For more sermons from Agape Community Church, log on to agapesiramban.org. Father God, 
You are a God who is a father to us. You care about us. You walk with us. You help us in our journey. You help us in the things that we need. You provide for us, and we worship you because you are a loving father to us. Because you have done so much for us by giving us your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to redeem us from our sins, and also to infuse us with a zeal for life that is abundant and free. We ask you, O Lord, that you may continue to reach out to many people who do not know you yet, and also to help us, the church, to evangelize and yet at the same time disciple the people that come to know you. Help us, O Father, to walk this journey with intention, with purpose, fulfilling the great commission that you have given to us. That we will know how to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them all the things that you are teaching us. Help us to be a church that is strong, a church that understands the need to walk with people personally in discipleship. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.
This episode's song is from Joanne Yeo. Today's sermon was edited and mixed by Jonathan Yeo. Listen to all past shows by searching Rima Radio on the following apps iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Do connect with us at facebook.com slash rayma.rad.10. Comment, like, and share our weekly shows so we can do more. Until our next show, God bless. Hi, this is Jason, the station director of Rayma Radio. I want to thank you for your support in making the ministry what it is today. Since our launch in 2016, we've consistently released two shows weekly. We've featured sermons and songs from churches and talents all across Malaysia. We've been privileged to have on our shows thought leaders from education, family, government, arts, media, business and the church. Our mission field is the digital space. Our task is to create and curate content that is God-inspired and relevant to the world we live in today, to be a platform for kingdom unity, to be a resource centre for the coming famine that is not of food and water, but of God's word. This is our assignment, and we have experienced the grace of God upon us to do this. So many testimonies have been birthed out of this ministry. We want to reach a wider audience and be a blessing to more, but we need your support. At the moment, Rema Radio is not backed by any one church, organization, or business. It is powered by volunteers. While I'm encouraged by the handful of supporters who has given, we need more partners. If you believe there is a need for positive, faith-inspired Malaysian content, why don't you consider partnering with us? Go to rema.rad.io forward slash support to find out more. Our prayer is that we connect with the right partners and together let's sow into the digital mission field and impact lives far and wide. God bless.